have a big one in Minnesota and I have another one in Sweden. Um, my husband, is my sister, Rilo, moved to Sweden. She got married with Swede 40 years ago before I even got into a picture but, um, and has like four kids and married all Swede. So we have been in like, uh, you know, uh, Stockholm and Uppsala all the time. For the but aren't season. Stockholm and Uppsala and Minneapolis all in, all one and the same? There's so exactly. many <laughs> descendants in Minnesota. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Messi, are you, yeah. Messi, are you still are you still looking in Minnesota or no for Bikram Studio? I, I don't live there. Um, it's just my, uh, you know, my brother and sister-in-law live there. And yeah, there's still there's still studios, Messi. I could give you the names because just the name has changed. That's it. Yeah, the but I don't there. live there. We only oh, go cool. there for um, for Thanksgiving every year. We used to go there, and and then I think the one like I don't know seven eight years ago when we went there, she got me to go with her and got hooked into it. But then when I went back to Canada as well as um, back to we are close to Boston in Maine. That's where our house is. I couldn't find Bikram Yoga at all. Hey Tyler, at the Minnesota Pseudo for a while. Oh, very cool, uptown. Hey Tyler, my friend Pete, that was CTO of the bank in Myanmar, um, he popped in, and I'm going to ping him back. He lives on Kosamui now, but um, I think he's a good point of reference depending on the headlines that we cover. By the way, Lakisha, if you're still confused what we are talking about, OM, I just sent you the scientific paper. Over the, um, well, I don't know bit. either. I don't know what that is. I either. love that. So, <laughs> you and made I love a that. <laughs> yeah, but I love that you're sending me the original paper, Cheryl, because you know I'm all about that juicy, juicy data. I got to see it for myself. I know. Don't get confused by others. Just read it yourself. It's a very decent scientific paper. Are okay. we ready? Yes, we are. Right. Messi, okay. I'll DM you too. No worries. Okay, here we go. Thanks. Yay. <laughs> Good morning. Friday. Happy Good Friday. Friday. Yeah. Okay. So the top news story this Friday, November 19th, is the update that the Constitution DAO, which was the group of geeks trying to buy the Constitution, loses the Sotheby's auction to an undisclosed winner for $43 million after crowdfunding over $40 million. I guess that's part of the problem is they couldn't continue to raise their bid. That's, yeah. I guess they have to be secret about how much they've raised so that the person they're bidding against can't outbid them. It, it wasn't just the bid. I mean, I was in another room tonight, so apparently it was beyond just the bid for, for the uh, for the uh, document. Apparently, they wanted some sort of proof or whatever of, uh, you know, financial stability to – because there's all sorts of things you have to do to preserve that document in terms of the way it's stored with a lack of humidity and, and everything else. And so th- there were some questions about whether, you know, of it, once they got it, did they have the financial resources to take care of it? So, because um, there was some discussion even in the Discord channels about that. So, I don't think it was just an issue that they, uh, you know, couldn't bid over it. Okay. Story is from Bloomberg, from Mark German, the one-man tech band over there at Bloomberg. 
He says he has sources that Apple is accelerating the development of a fully autonomous electric car. After hitting a car processor milestone with plans to debut by 2025, company looks to refocus project on self-driving capabilities. New car chief Kevin Lynch pushing for debut as early as 2025. The guy who brought us the Apple Watch, bring us the Apple car. And yeah. Yeah, Benedict Evans tweeting about this one, saying modern cars look like feature phones in 2010. Pointless features and buttons everywhere like barnacles. BMW and Mercedes have no idea how to put software in the cars. Classic disruption, but it doesn't necessarily follow that's the key point of leverage. So uh, it's perfectly reasonable to argue that Apple, like Tesla, could take substantial share in the car market. It's quite different to argue it could the ASP or the margin structure. Yeah, I think they'll do really well. Who, Harry McCracken says, uh, who wants a steering wheel? Apple has done tons of user testing on this. After an extended period of time, your arms want to fall off. <laughs> I have a hot take on the, oh, Here's one. When Apple entered the phone market, it persuaded a lot of people who had been paying $200 phones to buy $600 phones. That is vastly easier than persuading people who had been in a market for $20,000 car to buy a $60,000 car. All very true. Anyone have a take on Apple car? I think they have a point. <clears throat> I mean, the, the criticism they have on the usual car markers is absolutely true. A car and the identity of a car in the past has been focused on the engine, horsepowers, you know, <clears throat> cylinders, and so on. And all of that's changing now with electric cars because nobody really cares about the power itself necessarily, maybe still a little bit, but uh, younger generations, much less. And so it's, it's a major shift. It's like going from that, not only the feature phone, because in the feature phone, you have the haptic because of the keyboards. I'm an Apple user since many, many years, only Apple, not and not have not touched a PC for, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. Um, but when the iPhone came out, I didn't adopt the iPhone immediately because I had my Blackberry because it had keys, because I didn't want to punch on a screen because that's a major change. And I think if you translate that to cars, um, driving a car, so, I, I, of course, I drive it. I drive a Tesla, and I started driving electric cars very early on, just to test. And I had a lot of hassles initially, even where to charge it. So now you have the car industry coming out with their standard car versions now, saying it's electric uh, you know, propulsion, but it's not about the propulsion. If you look at the Tesla itself, you know it's it's updated every two months. It has a lot of different changes, where <clears throat> even the style of driving changes. And I use the you know the autopilot a lot, um, and I love to drive my car, and have the horsepowers below. But all of that is gone, and I think they really have a point to rethink it through totally, because what Tesla did is initially they had to adapt features of the car lovers on a high-end car in order so that they could actually people to buy their products and then migrate them over gradually, but um, uh, to have an approach now a totally different one where you're not really looking at a car from needing to 
drive your car and own your car, I think they have a point, which at the end is also is already um, Tesla's plan over the time. But again, it, it, it's a generation shift, like it is happening today, even with uh, you know technology communications or in-person meetings, like in the pre-pandemic, what we're saying, you cannot sell a product if you're not there physically. And that's just not true, and specifically when the younger generation, because the way of social interaction is happening is changing. And that is also um, has the same feature on mobility, where it's no longer about cars, but it's really about mobility in the greater sense. You know, whether it's a plane, a drone, or a car, it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> and it should be all self um, automated driving. So basically self-driving where you or self-flying, where you just uh, you know have an app, so you picked up at a point A, and you're dropped off at a point B at a very reasonable price. Okay, next up is um, the Activision Blizzard meltdown continues. And I I don't even see it here, but I know because I saw it elsewhere. The there's a thousand, there's a signature collection now. It's up to a thousand people, um, out of the nine thousand five hundred employees that fall under the Activision Blizzard umbrella. The latest count is that a thousand have um, signed a letter asking for the CEO Bobby Kotick to resign, and. Yesterday, we read that, who was it, Sony internally was asking Activision, you know, how they're going to respond to all of this blowback, this article from, was it the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post? And today, the headline from Bloomberg says that the Xbox chief from Microsoft says that he's evaluating um, Microsoft's relationship with Activision. His name is Phil Spencer's note to staff follows a similar note from Sony PlayStation yesterday. And this article says some 500 Activision employees are calling for the C uh, Activision CEO's resignation, but I just saw an article that that's now up to 1,000. Uh, so Microsoft's head of Xbox says he's, quote-unquote, evaluating all aspects of, of our relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing proactive adjustments, he said. Related to the recent revelations at the video game publisher that the CEO didn't report to the board back in 2016 and 2017 that one of the male employees at one of the many companies they have was a, accused of uh, rape of a female co-worker. Email to staff seen by Bloomberg News, Phil Spencer, uh, head, head of Microsoft's Xbox, said that he and the gaming leadership team are disturbed and deeply troubled by the horrific events and actions at Activision Blizzard. He referred to the Wall Street Journal story, or story earlier this week that said that the CEO knew of sexual harassment at the company for years and that he mistreated women. This, quote, this type of behavior has no place in our industry, Spencer wrote. Joins a swell of outcry from employees to investors and shareholders in demanding a stronger response from the U.S.'s second biggest gaming publisher. Mm. But the, I, this is where it turns into a little bit of activism because 
Um, this detail is about something that happened in 2016 and 2017. The, the, they are taking a lot of actions lately in the past two, three months since the whole uh, Activision Blizzard fiasco dumpster fire got started. And nobody was complaining in recent days or weeks that Activision wasn't doing enough. This is something that happened, what is that, five years ago. So how is, how is, it, how is that statement accurate, that they're not doing enough? Well, if the, the, all of this recent rekindling of um, Tyler focus, yeah, one second, am I, is based on new, new revelations that he re refused to act on an issue many years ago. So I, I want journalists to be a little more careful when they say that uh, they want him to do more to stop things in the past. <laughs> I'm, that, that's where it gets a little weird. Tyler, yes. I think two things are important to maybe point out here. One, statute of limitations in the United States is seven years. So that's number one, maybe more than two things. Number two, you know, regardless who the journalist is, I do agree with you of it being a little bit of activism now because of the fact that this is a really delicate thing, especially with all going on in the world today and the whole Me Too movement as well, that this went unseen could also mean that when a disease like that occurs in an organization, it's not just one person, it's a whole stream of people. So I would not be surprised if this opens up more investigation and puts them in a really precarious position because this person did not act alone. And if it's being bought up and if Microsoft and Sony are getting involved where they're looking at this really carefully with a fine tooth comb, it's because they understand, in my humble opinion, being a female that works in tech and tech projects, I, I recognize that what they're doing is also covering their ass a bit and making sure that there's no one in their ranks that could be a flight, could be a risk for them. And they have to put that forward for the leadership of their own organization. But at the same time, I'm almost positive that there's more people inside that organization that are still there that are probably getting away with it, but have not been found yet. So I don't think this is a, uh, anything, I don't, think it, I, don't, I don't think this is wrong for the person to write that because clearly this is a major company that clearly has, pro has problems for a long time, clearly means that there's other people, it's not just one. They can't have a scapegoat just by letting go of the CEO, but if they bring in another CEO and that CEO cleans house, that's gonna be where they would have a double ding to their reputation. So this is also giving them the preemption of saying, hey, get your house in order because there's no hiding from it now. Hey, I, I, I would uh, correct you on something, which I agree with what you're, where you're going with this, but just as a technicality, a lot the statute, statute, stuff? statute of limitations vary from state to state. Got it. And, okay. some, and, and some states have actually um, eliminated the statute of limitation for rape. I think California may be one of them. So depending on when this apparently occurred, I mean, they can probably go back forever. Okay. Yeah, I know for a fact New York City is seven years. So, even New York City, I think. Well, first of all, New York City wouldn't have its own statute. Um, well, New York it, has had state. seven years. Right, but I think shame. they. I, I think they changed it. By the way, I can that's really a shame that they did change it then. No, no, they they changed it up to to not to shorten it, but to lengthen it. You know. Got it. Got it. Thank yeah. you for that clarification. I don't, I don't know if that's the issue because it was the the that issue 
where the female employee brought that charge was settled, uh, you know, previously. So that isn't I, the issue is that he didn't report it to the board. And I guess there's now a thousand employees that are, are they willing to walk out? They're, they're claiming they want the CEO to resign, but if asking for the CEO to do something without putting any, attaching any penalty or cost to it, it seems like a, a PR move. Um, it, it's, no, it is. It's, it's basically the employees, whether, you know, whatever, they're, they're basically saying, we don't have confidence in this guy because, every, you know, every day another sh- a shoe drops, right? So there's more shoes that keep dropping. And when the more we hear, we just don't have confidence in him. And we just want to, you know, we, we want new leadership. It's not yeah. like incredible. It, it's just that this guy, just, just to put something in perspective, he's like the founder of the company. He's not like some hired gun they brought in from GE or something. Right. The entire company was created by him, built by him. So it's a very big deal, you know? Um, and and by the way, if they have enough turnover, I think there's probably going to be a risk that whether the, the business is sustainable because ultimately your assets go down the elevator every night there. So enough, well, you know, the, you don't have the, to. You know? I think the bigger risk is if talented people leave. That's what my, that was exactly what I said, that, 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 that those people, yeah, you know, that they, you know, they, they leave and then all of a sudden you can't put out product. Right. Yeah, that's that's why I said, are they willing to leave or not? Because they're not. That is an important stipulation to add to your demands. If you're doing a walkout, is it what you're just going down to Starbucks and getting a chai latte or or are you actually walking out? There's a huge difference between those two. I think it's a first step. They're they're trying to send the message. They're hoping that the board of directors, you know, reacts. Um, you know, I don't know the, what the, the, the board of directors already acted. They said yesterday they have full faith in Bobby Kotick. You could you'll be surprised how fast that could change in a week if there's new, you know, with new revelations. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, it's 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 going to be very hard. You know, I think for him to weather this, maybe not impossible, but you know, it's. I don't think so because the here's why. Just based on the on the numbers, the the revelation was you know that he didn't report it to the board. The the board knowing that that's the hot latest shoe to drop. It, they said mm, that's okay. We're the board. He didn't report it to us. We still have faith in him. So why do the employees have a problem with it when it's the board who was? Let's wrong. see what institutional shareholders do. And I, I and what, one of the things I I don't know because I haven't looked. I don't know whether he holds super voting stock, so it may not matter what institutional shareholders mm-hmm. you know want. Right. But if he doesn't have super voting stock, then right. that well, is going to be an issue. Secondly, was what was the point I was going to make? Um, I was in the middle of making my point here. Um, oh that the signature collection is at a thousand again, which is interestingly the same number. And so that shouldn't surprise anybody because when they did the original signature collection around the original issue, when Activision came into the news, it was about two months ago, wasn't it? And it was about mistreatment of uh, women at Activision Blizzard and the California lawsuit, there was a walkout and a signature collection and the signature collection got up to a thousand. So wouldn't it seem logical that these are the same thousand people doing the same signature collection again? So there isn't any new revelation here for the board to 
react to. There isn't, they've already reacted, is my point. They reacted yesterday by saying, uh, yes, we understand he didn't report to us that, uh, this uh, settlement that happened back in 2016 and 2017, and we're moving on. We have full faith in him. Next. And then the, the only new news is today that there's a, a signature collection of 1,000 people. Well, those, <laughs> there was already a signature collection of 1,000 people three months ago. So I would assume, and, and I'm not in the least bit surprised, that these 1,000 people are, have signed a letter twice now. So um, as the board, I, I don't see that there's any new shoe dropping today. Uh, I don't know that this new signature, this new article headline about the new signature collection. The only thing actually really new is that the Sony and uh, Microsoft have both written internal emails to their teams that both got leaked saying how they are concerned with what's happening at Activision. That's new and that you're right. That could influence the board in some kind of way. However, the Activision has responded already to the leaked emails to the teams at Xbox and PlayStation, Microsoft and Sony respectively, and the, their Activision's response says, we respect all feedback from our valued partners because those are the two main councils that you know Activision games play on. So we respect all feedback from our valued partners and are engaging with them further, Activision said in a statement. We have detailed important changes we have implemented in recent weeks and we will continue to do so. We are committed to work to we are continued to the work of ensuring our culture and workplace are safe, diverse, and inclusive. We know it will take time, but we will not stop until we have the best workplace for our team. Hey Tyler, can I can I chime in on a few points? from uh, this so-called valley in the gaming area. A um, couple things, and, and just uh, between our discussions and then between what is um, my understanding of these, these uh, both companies in tech and then companies in gaming. So I'm just questioning a few things here. I've heard over the days that people are um, in these rooms, very up and rising about you know, this, this should have been reported to him. And if it wasn't, the legal department should be fired or he definitely knows. And um, he's advised and his board is advised and people don't understand the different corporate structure of these these types of tech companies. Um, when they're acquiring, he, this is something where they acquire a bunch of different creatives and they run them, whether they're subsidiaries or just um, different entities, they run them as different entities within the division and they give them huge autonomy. That's what creativity is about. So I have personal experience with this at Viacom and this is how these are run. So he wouldn't, they, they do give him a ton of autonomy. Um, so he's not hands-on on these things. That said, it's his job to be more um, overseeing these things or it's, as a corporation to see them. But people keep just, like talking about it's like it's a, a, a normal I don't know, 1940s company, maybe Ford or something, but that's just not where we are. And um, and then looking at the, so just looking at the responsibility of these, it's, these are, it's just a very different world in how these are um, acquired and run. And I'm not giving that um, a leash on anything, but it's also just people need to understand what they're talking about. So I'm not giving him. Um, we, we went over that in a little bit, I think yesterday where, okay. Just okay. looking at the corporate structure, we found there's about 40 different companies, you know, under Activision's umbrella. 
Blizzard just being one of them, um, and that the this the the rape uh, settlement uh, issue was I forget the name of the company Hammerclaw or something like that. I'd never heard of the company actually, and the, it really comes down to that in a weird way. It's is it possible that he didn't know about uh, that settlement and even and if he did is he legally responsible to report it to the board so there's so there's likely um, just from speaking to people in the gaming industry here he knew about it but again there's a different boundary it's like is he responsible you can't look at it again like a standard standard company that people are used to from the 50s or 60s or 80s or whatever things are just run differently so if you go back to what's going on in silicon valley with all of the fraud and everything else there's there's bigger boundaries and it's not just that they are subsidiaries that they're run separately it's really the it's what they're looking at is the creativity and they're keeping these creative departments different and the gaming um areas you know that that's how you foster that creativity it's all about fostering creativity so that's how you do it is you keep them very autonomous and again the board might say so so i'm just as you're as you're discussing i, I really want to um drill in or a little bit more to the audience here which is worldwide that um you can't look at this in a very um strict paradigm it's very uh current different it's not necessarily it's, it may not be great but it's it's not out of line with the norm in the area but to me is also sometimes you know when things like that happen in a very large corporations whether it's silicon valley or wall street or or even you know in, in politics sometimes they try to get um a scapegoat to get the you know to get um, the issue go away without even sometimes doing anything fundamentally to change um, the culture of the the companies, but just you know to just get the issue die down. They they tend to get um, you know scapegoat even even when the board or even if the board didn't know about it officially they they few people here and they may know about it or they may hear about it but then they just officially uh want to get somebody else out and and then so Ms. Ray, Ms. Ray, you're, you're 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 talking about things that like they may do like if they were strategic about this i'm just saying it's much more accepted in this area here so this is ea is here i'm in california this is much more standard here this is not so outside of the norm so if you look at all of gaming it's extremely male dominated bro culture all of these companies and they all do this by acquisition so i'm just saying don't evaluate this industry and this event by broader principles you'd have to really bring it into tech and gaming you have to bring it into what's going on in those areas i'm not saying it's good don't look at don't evaluate it by broader corporate scapegoats, et cetera. It's, um, it's a very different culture here and what, what's accepted and what's not. So I'm not saying that's acceptable. I'm not saying it's good, uh, but that's what is. So okay? Jennifer, at, at, yeah. at, uh, another the, angle that I wanted to... Hold on, Ben. Oh, sorry, Tyler. The, you at, what was the company? Uh, Viacom, right? Because Viacom owns MTV and dozens of other Right, so I was right? at Viacom, yes. And so if something had happened at MTV or a different Viacom property, it's not so different, right? Where they have dozens of uh, companies, creative-like companies that they've acquired. 
if if a a rape uh, if a settlement had been made in a rape charge or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, here's here's let me let me take that for you. I'll, I'll pick up what you're saying, Tyler. So Viacom is extremely old school. Yeah. And um, so that would have come something that serious would come up to them, but um, I know it would come I, up. I, to I've the been CEO, in tech for but, but would the CEO yes, would. feel the need to report it to the board during the the, the quarterly? board meeting viacom's different remember how big they're huge but let me put it this way um to put that in context what you're saying exactly viacom the entities were run like um people think of pillars like you think of um what is it picket fences if you look up you can't see me but it's like picket fences so think of the up the up picket fences and the sideways and everything in the the crossing like those are how normal like if i'm an oracle i'm in the partner division i'm in the sales division i'm in the development division whatever and these cross in different ways uh, Viacom is a whole bunch of spheres. It's a whole bunch of moving balls that I'm like, oh my God, I own cruise ships. I own gaming divisions. I own who knows what. So they're all very autonomous to your point. It may or may not, um, something that serious at a buttoned up company like Viacom would get up there, but lesser serious things would not. And it would be um, like, um, who do we own? We own Jersey Shore, South Park, uh, a bunch of crazy companies. They are run something something like that if that era um sexual harassment or something would be hopefully something we get up but they're really really autonomous and that was a decade ago that i was there so i can flat out tell you to what you're um tyler what you're talking about right now and drilling into is that these these companies really support the autonomy of these different divisions and if they're acquiring them the gaming the um you know, however they're bringing them in and, and, and whether they're bringing subsidiaries or bringing them in whole, wholly and as, as divisions and business, business units, I'm not promoting it, but part of maintaining what they're doing is to maintain that autonomy. So, and it's a definite bro culture. So, so just want yeah, to, I get, you know, I get bring that, that up with what we learned. Well, there, yeah. there's one other point here worth contemplating is the issue that these employees, well, at what what instigated this recent uh, rekindling of the dumpster fire known as Activision is that the Bobby Kotick didn't inform the board about this rape settlement. And the board has said, essentially, yeah, well, uh, he didn't report it and we still like him. So end of story. And the employees say, no, 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 no. Uh, we're really upset that he didn't. They that Bobby didn't report it to you as the board, and the board says, "Yeah, we get that. You're upset that uh, Bobby didn't report it to us. We're we're actually okay with it. We're still going to support him. Thank you for your concern." And the employees today, this is the new headline today. The employees say, uh, "We're going to write a letter, and that a thousand of us want him replaced, based on." him not reporting it to the board who the board themselves says, honestly, we don't really care. Tyler, I have to like seriously come in and support what you're saying, which is, um, I'm in Silicon Valley and the crazier than shit, than shit happens out here that boards are like approved with. So I, I left a company where they misreported earnings by 20% and the board was like, all right, don't do it again. Um, right. So it's, it's uh, really, 
Yeah, so the board has that choice. No, I'm not. I'm saying they're fucking idiots and it's brutal and stupid, but um, it sounds great. But you can't tell them what they should care about. The point. point. So on the issue of the employee walkout, I think there's yeah. another angle here. Yeah. The reality is that, uh, you know, in terms of corporate structure, what you're saying, Tyler, is correct. The board hires the CEO, correct? And right, the CEO the hires the employees. Right. But here's the thing, though. The reality is this, though. In Silicon Valley and maybe across the board in the tech industry, employees are valuable now. There are more jobs than employees, than candidates. So they have a lot of bargaining power at this juncture. Right. To lose that many employees, potentially, is going to hurt share, uh, shareholders' values at the bottom right. line. But so they're gaining, no, no, back to Tyler said before. before. No, they, they, these are companies. These are jobs. So back to, I think Tyler said this before, but but if not, Tyler, I'm going to put words in your mouth. These yeah. are jobs. So you're it's, it's a job. You don't get to decide, like, your own personal ethics. You can go to a company, hopefully, that supports your ethics. But if it doesn't, like, you may or may not make that money. So... And the board but does not exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah. But the problem is this. Each You're in the matrix, Ben. You ask ben. a little small ben. but the bottom, a thousand people, they have a lot of power. And if you look at the digital yeah. health thing, folks. Uh, ben, we cannot hear you. You cannot hear us ben too. Tricks. So Ben, hang on. So I, I get your point that, in, that what's happening is an interesting dynamic, which is employees have in 2021 more power than they did previously and but in this case the thousand signature collection crew has already fired that gun three months ago when they had their thousand signature collection so it's i don't know that it will have the impact uh, that they hope that it has if they had not done it previously and they were doing it for the first time, I think the board would be a little more concerned. And that's why I say it really comes down to, are they threatening to leave or not? Because if their letter doesn't say we're leaving, if this isn't addressed by this date, then it's not going to have the effect they want it to have. Well, and so will their, their departure make a financial yeah, we, impact, Tyler? Because what level are they, right? So... That too. Well, there's another there's another issue, which is if <clears throat> if they all wrote, we are leaving by uh, December 31st. Um, if this isn't resolved, then the board would have to consider something. But if they're not threatening to actually leave, there isn't really that much to consider because they've already done this once before. And they yeah, didn't, but the they, they didn't that... leave last time. So the, right. the board has no reason to think they're going to leave. Right. I mean, this is bad PR for the company. If I were employees, as in with the plural, I, I can do this a third time. And each time it, w- it would pack a pretty strong punch. Uh, with the modern day, with the, you know, the current political atmosphere, I think the companies are, cannot afford to ignore that. Legally speaking, I think there's probably not that much that they can do with employees. Uh, and more, more specifically, if you look back in 2016, 2017, when this happened with uh, whatever the sledgehammer, uh, um, sexual harassment uh, settlement. Uh, maybe the the CEO was okay not to report it to the board. There, in the bylaws, there are probably certain trigger events. Uh, you know, buying major assets or selling the company. Blah blah blah. The CEO needs to uh, consult the board. But something like management, the daily management matters. He was probably under uh, the the rule, the laws of the uh, the corporate law, and as well as the bylaws, he was probably okay not to have done that. But guess what? 
it's 2021. I think the the bigger issue is this across the board. I think the uh, the trend is different now. Companies, there's none of the amnesty or forgiveness for things that were happening 2010 or even longer times. Nobody nobody's going to say, oh, it was okay to do it that way. Well, no, Ben. It's ben, it's the reverse. Now. Ben, it's the reverse. If you're in Silicon Valley, I, I hate to break this to you, but it is the reverse. Listen to the um, the craziest shit that happens here right now is unbelievable. People are are fraud. Like what's going on here? It's it's not acceptable. But I think people are taking this in um what they think is ethical around the world, and in this area, things are crazy. Um, people are are, you know mocking up bank statements, faking customer lists, lying to um, VCs. I mean, it's crazy here. I literally just, I, I'm on the ground in Silicon Valley and I'm not making this up. So to me, this would be absurd and I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it. So to your point, um, you'd think it would be cleaner. You'd think there'd be more regulation. I think that's why the, um, you'll literally see somebody like the SEC or the FTC come down this stuff because that's who's doing it. But that's how much this is. Like it's not, um, you know, raising it to the board or not raising it to the board, good corporate governance, what needs to be um, reported. It, it's really a mess. Tyler, so. Tyler, yes. to Jennifer's point, which she just brought up something really interesting, and I just want to pose that random question. If all of this is happening and all of this is sort of shady dealings, one, why are they getting away with it? And B, two, why isn't the SEC and the folks going after them instead of going after the innovation of new industries that are popping no, up? No, they are. Oh, my God, Amy. That's like, okay, there, but then, very, but then, okay, very, then yes, it's also the third piece is that clearly, Jennifer, this is why, unfortunately, people have roles that they have to do a living, right, as a lawyer. But I also believe that there's what Ben is saying in terms of there are humans in some ways that are the ones that are running, they're your largest resource in your company. Of course, there are shady dealings in, in different areas. I do know of a specific case from the startup uh, days back in the 1990, late 90s, which specifically what ended up happening was is something similar happened, as Ben said, it does attack the shareholder value. And what ended up happening in that particular case, which was a large media mongol, very similar to Viacom, uh, and they absorbed the company. They basically cut all the employees out. They gave them pink slips, and they absorbed the company into the bigger corporation to con to manage the the PR move, to manage the the it's damage. Hundred percent different. It's a different era and how they deal with it. So any good points on what could happen? Yeah, no, no. That's why I said that. That's why I said that. It's like it's point, it's such a new. Really it's crazy here right now. It's like I mean, the wild wild west. It sounds aligned. like Jennifer. It's not. It's. It's more than it's while at West, I would call it innovative. Um, and Tyler, to your um, was it Jay Cal and all those guys? Um, like it's astounding. People are lying, it, it's it's gone beyond fake it till you make it. Uh, it's well, it's it's more Theranos, like just flat out lying, is it has become commonplace here. And honestly, I, I, I'm astounded by it. Uh, I don't say that lightly, but so for that, for these companies, so you've got a, a combination of that. Plus the gaming industry and what Activision is doing, which Activision is um, acquiring and has to in, uh, maintain the autonomy of. It's the um, culture. These these different units that have their creativity is based on their autonomy. So yes, there's um, it's a balance between autonomy and accountability. So I'm just saying, don't look at this through your standard eyes. I'm not validating anything that they did. I'm just saying you you you. you 
you really it's another set of lenses that yeah it's another it's, set it's, of lenses it's, you gotta it look at it's so hard unless you've even been there you, you it's really hard for people to understand it's just really hard yeah so. it sounds like there's a lot of rules and and sort of insider way of navigating things that practices. from the perspective of inside yeah but also it's like you're a, you're in legal so clearly you're going to see a hell of a lot more than normal people Simply because you're also in legal and oh no no it has nothing to do with that shit comes well. my, no 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 it's not even that this shit's brutal no it's just knowing what goes on in the valley I legally it's all wrong it's all wrong but does it get do they get prosecuted do they get caught it's like it's all outside of bounds but I'm just saying it's what goes on here it's not even bordering like legal illegal it's a practice and so that's why the board would not move on this because it's not non-standard it's not outside of bounds at all. Jennifer, Jennifer or Tyler, this is, oh, no. let me just say one quick thing because I, in terms of HR, I wish Chetna was in here because I'd be very curious to see the impact on the HR processes or even PR because quite frankly, I don't, I don't think Activision is promoting their bro culture on all the HR requirements and rec forms and they advertise for here. jobs. She needs to be here and she needs to be, people want No, to no, no. Uh, I think you're missing my point. No, yeah, you're missing my point. Yeah. My point is, is advertising the job wreck, meaning if it's a bro culture, there should be something then that should require them to really be transparent about what their culture is like. But if they're misleading people onto what the culture is like, or if they're just assuming people will know, like you just said, Jennifer, people won't understand that because they don't have the insider eye. And the reality is someone could be really taken by working in gaming and really excited as a creative, but they don't know what they're walking into. They could be walking into a lion's den. Don't you think it's fair that that company articulate what the culture is like so that they can make a better informed choice? I think it goes way um, beyond it companies. Way I think because here's the deal. If you're in that industry, if you're interviewing there, you're already in that industry and are familiar with it. And it's not HR's job to go, oh, by the way, <laughs> line 20, our thing, bro culture, um, especially as something they're trying to get out of. So no, disagree. Uh, I think you're uh, thinking this from a global culture or what should be done, like quote should be, should or shouldn't, based on what people know. So. May. Oh, is my mic muted? Here we go. There you go. I think it goes way beyond companies. I think it goes down to humanity in general being far more transparent about the negatives of any scenario. And and I, I guess I learned this from my dad and and you know I'm I'm that weirdo who you know back in my dating era you know I used to say you know uh you know all reveal all of my negatives way up front and I still do the same today in any business transaction I try I spend an incredible amount of time outlining all of the negatives uh you know to try and scare away people to who you know, I engage with in fact, Shane probably now knows because he stayed at my place. I send everybody a very lengthy thing, you know, when, when they uh, schedule to, you know, to stay at my place. I say, you know, if you're afraid of spiders or monkeys or dogs or this or snakes or this or, or rain or I, I try and scare people away. And I've, that's worked for me incredibly well in business, in personal relationships, in, you know, it, I don't want anyone to ever feel like they uh, fell into that scenario that you're describing. It's called managing expectation. Managing expectations. I do the same with my events. <laughs> I don't, I intentionally don't try and hype, 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 you know, the event like uh, events normally try to do. It's uh, anyway. Hell, you do the same thing with Jennifer, I had around a question the world. For Jennifer. 
Hey, Jennifer, I want, Ken, I wanted to ask you, do you do what you described in Silicon Valley, do you think that's a function of the, that there's so much, too much loose money, you know, flashing around right now with all these valuations and the unicorns and the this, that, you know, because there's so much money and the, and, you know, and, and all of this that people have just, like, that's all they focus on and everything else gets washed under the rug, you know, in pursuit of get, getting yes, higher yes. value. Yes, money and stupidity. Absolutely. I want to be super clear. Money yeah. and stupidity. There is like, if you went to Stanford, I hate to say this. If you went to Stanford and are a white bro, uh, they will give you a $15 million check. It's ridiculous. I mean, I literally <laughs> see this. I see this. So I just, Evan, I, yes, it's brutal. Um, yes. But it's not, it's not what, just in Silicon Valley, really. Um, honestly, it's everywhere. Uh, I mean, the lure of money. Oh, no, and, it's and, here. You know, it's, fame it's, it's here. It's, it's really bad that. here. It's on steroids I, here. It's very bad. I get that, but I'm just trying to say that. It doesn't really matter where the lure of money and fame and success is always, always like you do it no matter what type of situation you get in because you think that I'm going to manage it and I'm going to do this, but it gives me the opportunity to do that. Uh, And even the sexiness of the entire ecosystem, I see it every day. I mean, I I attend conferences and forums, even in here in Africa, even wherever you go, uh, the lure of those things uh, as a human being is always, you know, um, something that drives us. Um, we We just don't, you know, foresee some kind of pitfalls and other things until they happen. So it does happen everywhere. We, we got to get on to the next topic. There, here, so. there are, and right before Ms. Ray, you go on that, because people that know this stuff, um, if you are in this area, I mean, you'll know this stuff, but if you achieve um, certain, um, I don't know, we call pecking orders. So I've seen companies that get into Y Combinator, and um, which sounds like a huge credential, and people claim that. The minute you get into that, you'll get bazillions in funding, uh, tens of millions in funding. People don't look under the hood. I literally work for companies that show a PowerPoint of all of their technology, and it's not a we'll have this. It's just nothing, Wizard. So it, it really is on steroids here. What you're saying, the lure of all of that is is absolutely attractive. I've done lobbying for government. I've done LA with um, the movies and the actors I've seen. So I I understand all these different lure areas, but right now there's something going on that's gotten, I think, hopefully to its peak in the whole Silicon Valley. Um, I'm all for things that work and have something behind them, but there's a bunch of money that does not look under the hood in any way. Yeah, it's a combination of that and employees are feeling more empowered than ever. And as Ben correctly points out, employees, the, the labor market is favoring employees to a degree at the moment. So the next article is from the Wall Street Journal that a bipartisan coalition of state attorney generals from California, Florida, Kentucky, Maine, uh, New England, what's, what's it? Uh, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Vermont is investigating how Instagram attracts and affects young people. The move raises pressure on parent company Facebook over the potential harms to its users. And wow, what a surprise. It's being covered by the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and the Washington Post. What a shock. What a surprise. (laughs) It's the same old gang doing the same old jam. 
the, the endless uh, coverage of all things negative about Facebook by by the, the usual suspects, completely silent on TikTok, utterly, utterly gagged, like like a like somebody at Guantanamo Bay. They're just completely gagged with hoods over their heads about anything happening at TikTok. Only the BBC. The BBC regularly reports about what's going on at TikTok because they're not competing with them. And very interesting. So a bipartisan coalition of state attorney general said Thursday it's investigating, as they should, investigate away how Instagram attracts and affects young people, amping up the pressure on parent company uh, Facebook over potential harms to its users. Right. You mean like the blackout challenge? Or the assault your teacher challenge? Or the destroy your school challenge? Or the milk crate challenge? You mean these challenges that are killing people? Oh no, oh, that's TikTok. I'm sorry. I get my social apps confused. Right. We're investigating Facebook and Instagram where the kids aren't. Oh, Tyler, if you go to the arrow, you will see a long list of uh, news media reporting the same thing. Yes. Everyone's cu- everyone's cu- exactly right. Cheryl knows because the the source of our news here it shows who's covering this story. It's the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Guardian, the LA Times, New York Post, Engadget, The Verge, Financial Times, CNN, Gizmodo, CNET, The Street, Axios, everybody. Yesterday, TikTok was in the news about their these challenges that I just outlined, the Benadryl challenge where people overdosed, the blackout challenge where people, uh, somebody died, the milk crate challenge where people broke their necks, the destroy your school challenge where schools across America were systematically destroyed, the assault your teacher challenge where kids are getting permanently expelled and sued and teachers are getting beat to living daylights out of them. All of those things have happened in recent weeks and months on TikTok. And TikTok yesterday had a story about that. And the only one who covered it, only one. And all those names I just read, none of them covered it. Not one of them. Only BBC. And why is the BBC unique? And what's so unique about the BBC? Because the BBC is not dependent on ad revenue like these guys are that competes with Facebook. You know, Tyler, I just tweeted out an article how uh, TikTok conquered the porn industry. Sure. Oh, it's an article by Wired. Porn in- none of the, yeah, sure. They are the the biggest porn repository. Uh, they, they, in terms of any ex- explicit content, they ban, try to ban it. But if you go out there, it's like fill fill with filth out there, and no one talks about that. Here, I just uh, tweeted out. Is these uh, this attorney general? bipartisan coalition of state attorneys, right? So why do you think these attorney generals are doing this investigation into Facebook? What do you think gave them the idea to do this? Who do you think is suggesting to them that they might do this? Press. Maybe it was a whole bunch of news that they read in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times about how Instagram and Facebook are so bad for kids. Because that I read those headlines. No, Tyler, it's the same thing. Didn't I bring this um, podcast up? What was his name? 
you know him, the one at A16Z that's very forward on the, um, I'll find the name. But anyways, not, yeah, Madison, America, America, it's, no, the, the one that's, he's, um, so he pointed out, which is super interesting, is that in other countries, um, politics controls the media. Here, media controls is a great example um, and everything else right so this is this is a great example but he gives it and unfortunately it's like a, it's a tim ferris four-hour interview so i'd have to find the hour for you but it's, um but he really he they have different ways of calling it and he's he, he explained why this happens and he goes like they got rid of um travis at uber that was the press getting at it right like like our politicians don't understand these things the press goes after it and and they control it here and the, the politicians have to jump through the hoops they don't understand it like somewhere else in other countries Politicians may control it. Well, here, you check it out. So the Wall Street Journal says a, a spokesperson from Facebook says that the investigation is premised on a misunderstanding of issues that also affect other social media platforms. Yes, it is. It is the pre, it is premised on a, on an intentional misunderstanding because these people have been intentionally misinformed by the media. And we've covered that as it happened. And of issues that also affects other social media platforms. Far more so. That is the biggest understatement of the year right there. The investigation comes after sustained scrutiny of the psychological effects of social media. And Instagram in particular on teenagers. The Wall Street Journal reported in September that Instagram blah, 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. That's why based on your bullshit jihad, You've got the attorney generals all fired up. And now you're reporting that you've got them fired up. We sent out a whole bunch. We, we lit a whole dumpster fire. And boy, we got the, the fire people to show up. And now we're reporting the fire people are showing up. Yeah, that was the whole point. That's why you did this. No, Tyler, for people who are not in the U.S. who don't understand this, that how media driven this is, like when you, you started this, I wasn't super on board or didn't understand it. But now I do more. So um, you're right. It's it's it really is the media driving the narrative versus uh, truth or legislators looking at it or looking at the reality of it. It really is the um, Wall Street, you know, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, etc. This, by the way, this not surprisingly, this is Jeff Horowitz who wrote this article for the Wall Street Journal, who is the person that Francis Hogan, the whistleblower, went to. And in this article, he's still drumming. Here it is. Here's the whole essence of this article right here in this tiny little paragraph. Talking about Facebook research. It's a, the research often framed the issue in stark language. Quote, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls, said one internal slide from 2019, summarizing research about teen girls who experienced those issues. Now, He's bringing this up again because that was the, the money shot quote out of the entire Francis Hogan whistleblowing thousands of files revelations. He's, he's now circling back to his doing his greatest hits. He's like, you know, uh, some, some, some band from the 70s. You know, it's like Fleetwood Mac going on tour playing their greatest hits. And he, now he's come back and he's doing his encore with his, his his big favorite hit. You know, it's like Green Day coming back and playing, you know, uh, Welcome to Paradise or whatever. You know, it's like Guns N' Roses doing Welcome to the Jungle. And or Taylor Swift. 
This is this is this is Jeff Horowitz playing his greatest hits. And he <laughs> after all of that, he, all of those Facebook files, they've all kind of faded into the darkness of history, but he won't let you forget his favorite hit song. Uh, we make body image worse for one in three teen girls. That was a quote by somebody who worked at Facebook. Sorry, at Instagram on about a slide and the rest of that slide has incredibly incredibly important information related to that quote that he's intentionally not sharing with you because it debunks the quote it, it really uh, defangs neutralizes the sting of that quote when used exclusively and if you use that quote by itself, you're intentionally misinforming whoever reads it. So, Jeff, you're doing it again by, by intentionally cherry-picking out this one little data point out of this much bigger slide from a Facebook presentation internally by a non-scientific survey. You're intentionally trying to misinform and, and create... Uh, dissension and get the authorities involved and it's like running to the police department and i just heard somebody say they're gonna beat the living shit out of somebody else and then it turns out it, it was you know a mom telling it you know to their ki children there's it's like you know you have to give the full context jeff taylor you, yes um, do you honestly think that um, the U.S. government, uh, who are like really taking it so serious about the China, you know, cybersecurity threats and technology threats and other things, do you really think that they would just ignore the TikTok's, um, you know, competitive advantage and other things and just only focus on um, the American side, which is Facebook, by uh, just only listening to this newspaper? So don't you think that they would be really much more concerned about what's going on in the geopolitics in the tech space and, and try to, you know, like what they did with Huawei and other things, um, they would have a balanced view from at least the government side of it? They're all over them for the cybersecurity side, Ms. Ray. The U.S. government is all over TikTok um, and what it's doing. Uh, whether they're effective is a, is a really good question, but that's, I, I'm, I had to process like Tyler, you'll, you can opine on this, but it's, um, it's a little bit of a separate issue in the, the cybersecurity because yes, TikTok is, um, TikTok is pulling everyone's data and influencing people, uh, exponentially. But what we're talking about here is then Facebook and its influence, um, Oh gosh, because because it's a U.S. company within the within the country with the you know influencing people to vote, etc. In different directions, it's um. But yeah, the U.S. government for the cybersecurity, <clears throat> as you're pointing out, and that um, level, they are all over TikTok. So there's a, another quote here from Facebook saying. Uh, in a statement Thursday, Facebook said it already is addressing many of the issues related to the investigation. We've led the industry in combating bullying and supporting people with people struggling with suicidal thoughts, self-injury and eating disorders. 
continue to build new features to help people who might be dealing with negative social comparisons or body image issues, including our new take a break feature and ways to nudge them toward other types of content if they're stuck on one topic. In announcing the probe, the attorney, the attorneys general said they intended to look at not just potential harms to young users, by the way, the young users aren't even there. They're on TikTok and Snapchat, you dumbasses. Uh, but the ways that Instagram has been marketed and product features designed to manipulate users to, to or increase the time they spend on social media. Here's the quote. Facebook has failed to protect young people on its platforms and instead chose to ignore or in some cases double down on known manipulations that pose a real threat to physical and mental health exploiting children in the interest of profit, says Miss Healy, a Democrat. She cited Instagram's user survey and focus group work, finding some teenagers associate usage of the app with mental health harms and even thoughts of self-harm. And that's precisely the one. They literally, again, playing his favorite hit again. Have you ever been to a concert and Vanilla Ice comes out and plays Ice Ice Baby twice at the same concert? Because that's what he's doing in this article. Because that quote from that misinformed Democratic uh, Attorney General, she just exposed precisely where she got her misinformation from. And it's the same, it's that one little bit, it's that one data point out of a much bigger slide with much more critically important information and much very important context that this Attorney General is missing because she was intentionally misinformed by the Wall Street Journal. And she just said it. She just she just exposed it. And then she's going to find out what the rest of us has found out in this quote-unquote investigation. Let me help you out with this investigation, Miss Healy. Facebook already tried to help you. It's a slide. And on that slide, there's a, a whole bunch of data points about a survey that you, you heard about in the Wall Street Journal. A survey and a focus group where they asked young people how do you think Instagram makes you feel about these dozen issues? And you were misinformed to think that Instagram knows that it's hurting young people. I know why you're misinformed. Everyone who read that article without actually doing the homework is misinformed. But you were wildly misinformed and now you're doing an investigation. Good. Do the investigation and what you're going to really find out during this investigation is that TikTok is the problem. We'll see. We will see. Tyler, the only other piece that I would add is that I don't know that it's necessarily political because the, you know, yesterday, I think it was, we read the story about the Ohio attorney general who happens to be a Republican. So I just, I wanted to. No, 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 you're right. No, no, I'm not. You're right. I couldn't care less if she's Democrat or Republican. That To me, that has nothing to do with it. Sorry if I, if it seemed that way. I, I could not care at all who, what party she's from. And. What I care about is that Jeff has now, I don't even mind that they're doing the investigation because they're going to find out what, what any sane person has found out. It's it's a little, I think they have better things to be working on. But if this leads, the, if this investigation, they're going to talk to Facebook and Facebook already has said in this article, uh, yeah, there's a, you might want to wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you're really looking for problems with kids, you actually might want to go look on the apps where the kids are hanging out, like over there at Snapchat land and TikTok land. And might you might want to pay particular attention how to how they're beating the shit out of their teachers. 
Because over here, we can't even get them to come over here to Facebook land. You see any kids around here? And then this, the attorney generals are going to say, oh, 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 wow, the kids aren't even here. They're over there. Oh, we came here to the uh, uh, country club, to the golf course, looking for the kids. And it turns out the kids are all hanging out at the shopping mall at the arcade called TikTok. They're not over here at the country club golf course called Facebook. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, the next one is from Wired. It sources and internal documents detail Amazon's careless handling of its retail customer data, including letting some low-level staff snoop on celebrity purchases. I have news for you. This is happening at every tech company you have ever heard of. Ever, ever, ever. All of them, all of them, every single last one of them. This is just a, a dirty little in, in secret that every geek at every company who has any friends in the sysadmin or in the, de in the, in the developer department of any tech company people have access to the databases and they if you have celebrities who are using the product from time to time people will go in and look at what those celebrities have in their accounts so uh amazon it's, it's more basic than sysadmin in those levels it's um i mean your support team can go look all that up right so yeah walling that off would be really it's difficult Amazon's dark secret. It has failed to protect your data. Voyeurs sabotaged accounts, backdoor schemes for years. The retail giant has handled your information less carefully than it handles your packages. Oh, Lord. Okay, so if I do a, a show of hands, does it, have you or anyone you've ever heard of had any kind of data problems with Amazon? I think AWS is one of the most secured. I'm just saying that this is clickbaity, big, big tech hating. Think, think, but think about it functionally, right? So they, they've got like, so say Beyonce yeah. buys something and she's got to call and get a support issue. The support guy can get access to all of her purchases, right? Or anybody else's that he wants to, or she wants to, right? Like, how do you wall that off and say, this department can't access your, I mean, that's, oh, I was trying to think it through, but it's, it, it gets challenging as to which departments, like how, what are they talking about is um, mishandling of that data. It depends on what they're doing with it. That's, that's outside of um, what they're permitted to do with it, which again, as we've discussed multitudes of times, people give up those rights, whether they understand it or not, but they are freely giving up those rights to Amazon to use their data. And anyone within the company, I mean, how would you wall that off and go this support person? Like if, um, I don't know what celebrity, if, you know, Hillary Clinton calls in, you can see this, but if Beyonce calls in, I, I don't know, how would you wall that off? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So this, by the way, this article in halfway through the article, it says, to be clear, uh, this article is not about Amazon Web Services, the cloud computing wing that manages data for millions of enterprises and government agencies, which has its own separate information security apparatus. It's about the online retail platform used by hundreds of millions of ordinary consumers. And on that side of Amazon's business, uh, the info security staffers warned of an unnerving inability to detect security incidences. So I, that's an important distinction. They should have put that in the first paragraph, however, because- okay, wait, let me just distinguish between two of these things here. Okay, here's the deal. AWS is a cloud platform that companies use or you use um, to put your data in. And that is, um, AWS itself is, it's holding, you know, multitudes of data, right? It's holding, um, uh, third of the internet groupings. It's holding, it's holding right. It's, right. Like the internet. it's holding groupings of data. So they're not looking at individual data there. And so these guys are talking about like a, um, Amazon, which is separate is a, like a, right. so, a retailer or whatever. And to be really clear, every single, every single company out there has issues with security. Nothing is impenetrable. So it's like nothing. So zero results, none of them. So again there were this is just like press issues if they're worse than others but um it, it, like people need to understand that this, this is what's going on right now is that everything is vulnerable and what's the um remediation action by the company and what are your personal protections that you're putting in place and choosing when using these companies yeah or your company it's a real, so it's a, it's a huge issue because they just found out that huge. you just bought a a, a blender and a computer mouse and you know shit's gonna hit the fan because dude neither of them are gonna show because those both require chips tyler and they're not their supply chain back order they just found out that you just bought an electric toothbrush so watch the fuck out this is some really heavy shit going yeah, down the, what they know is that you're not home they know that you're not home but you're right the, none of those things are gonna show because they require chips but um they, they will know they know a lot about you but here's the deal so does everybody else it's not just amazon these are all super vulnerable and it's not the single site either it's the hackers um what they're using is not just that single site data they're using um across sites right um public information information you think might be private but really isn't i mean it, like kind of like everything's out there so people need to understand that yeah. and how vulnerable how whether it's vulnerable like yes it's extremely so vulnerable there is one yeah. really interesting part to this story way down at the bottom where it says a man, a man behind, there's a guy named Krasar. And Krasar was a seller, apparently. Um, and that Krasar got very clever and had his employees go work at Amazon. He had moles inside of Amazon and he was a seller and he recruited Amazon employees over LinkedIn and Facebook to leak information to him as a seller so that he would know what his competitor who his competitors were selling to and what they were selling them and shit like that Kraser, according Tyler, to i pretty much think that the, those um stats are out there and available via apps etc i mean honestly unless he's some kind of i who knows what you, like if you read deeper and find out what his details are but you can find out a lot of those um 
a lot about your competitors, not only um, your comp not your competitors, but like you can find out like what are the trends in the market. I mean, look at all the different apps and data and analytics, analytics that are freely available on Google. Um, and I'm on, I, and the reason I know this is not because of my profession, but I'm, I'm on, I look at TikTok. I love TikTok. And they're like, hey, here's how to find out all the analytics about everyone, like what's being purchased right now, who's buying it, um, what your competitors are doing. You can look that stuff up that used to be tools that you could only use internally on your own company. It's all freely available on the market. So interesting. So, okay, now on this whole issue of media misinformation, one of the, and by the way, this is on, it's an unusual that this is not a tech story, but it's on the website that uh, Cheryl and I use. Uh, Cheryl, it's on the, on the far right side under newest. And then if you go down a little bit further, you'll see this one from the Washington Post that MSNBC has been banned from the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. So why is MSNBC being banned from covering the Kyle Rittenhouse trial? Well, because they try to follow the jurors, the jurors, the, the jurors have to get on a bus that have the windows blacked out because their identities are incredibly, uh, it's, a, in, it's of critical importance that they remain uh, kind of anonymous and not engage with the press in any kind of way or be outed or doxxed. Doing so would th potentially threaten their lives, almost certainly threaten their lives. And, and doing so would essentially force them to um, participate as jurists in a way that wouldn't threaten their lives, meaning they would find him guilty if they wanted to make sure that if their identities were revealed, if their identities revealed and they voted to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, acquit Kyle Rittenhouse, like they let him off and their identity is known, they're going to have to move to another country or be killed in their own neighborhood. Or if they vote to, you know, uh, charge Kyle Rittenhouse, he's, he's not even being charged with murder, but if he's, if they charge him with, whatever it is, homicide, a reckless homicide, uh, then they won't be killed. They can still live in the neighborhood that they live in. If this MSNBC journalist, producer, had managed to dox them by following the bus as they did, and that's this is, this is, you want to talk about uh, screwing with the American uh, political system? media screwing with the political the america's political system as jennifer was just making the argument about how our friend jeff over there at the wall street journal has now got the attorney generals all storming down to the country club to find out you know how how they managed to get all these kids to spend all their time playing golf so this is the most egregious example of media meddling with american politics that i'm aware of and so the MSNBC has been banned from the court from covering this case and from the courthouse. And this is where American, and I keep telling you how bad American media has gotten and how they're meddling and how they are, they become activists. Chasing a, a bus of jurors 
If that isn't activism, I don't know what is. Well, that could be actually illegal. I mean, I don't know the exact. It is illegal. But try to disclose. Yeah, so it's not meddling with the political system. It's actually violating the law. That's actually much more basic. I don't know whether freedom of speech, freedom of press, will extend to that type of freedom. So that's actually quite dangerous. I don't know, and it depend. It could be state by state. I think it's so obviously wrong that states might not have even gone through the purpose of making a law against it because this has never happened before. That's how morally and ethically bankrupt this is. That it's so obviously wrong that the state doesn't feel the need to make a law to expressly state that it's illegal. That's how wrong it is. It's like saying, um, you know, using a blowtorch on your mom is illegal. Well, I don't know that we need to make that law because that's just kind of obvious. So, Tyler, the headline doesn't imply that, um, I mean, I haven't read the article I, and I just see the headline, but it doesn't imply that the employee was, you know, following them with cameras rolling. So, I mean, I, I guess it's always better just to get to the details um, before making like, you know, sweeping judgments about, you know, the, the entire media um, in the United States. Um, because again, I'm, I'm biased, but I know phenomenal journalists who have literally risked their lives for multiple years to bring us the news. So, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm just sensitive to that. But when I look at this headline, I don't, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't explicitly say that it was a camera person who was you it know doesn't say camera, rolling yeah. film what's that right. no yeah it, and, it's and, not and, and it's so not there weren't, they weren't <laughs> yeah no i think the person would be in jail if they were rolling cameras yeah so i mean for for people who are in the courtroom to know who the jurors are and some of those people happen to be members of the press that is not illegal <laughs> you know um and, and again, I can't say much more because I don't know the details of the case. And I mean, this is one, you know, one data point from one article. But I just wanted to, you know, clarify that yeah. um, it, it wasn't necessarily a camera person rolling right. live, chasing got, people I, down. I'm not saying, no one's saying it's a camera person. Um, uh, Tyler, it's, it could also be, it's not necessarily to out jurors to get them like activism. It, maybe. You're right. It uh, makes, it, it makes it no difference. What their motive is makes no, no difference. I know, you, but what you I'm do not follow a bus is, of jurors. And by the way, the guy ran a red light to continue to follow the bus. I understand, but what they are trying to do is, and it has happened forever, if you look at Princess Diana or famous people and things like that, it's always trying to get, to be the first to get story out. And especially nowadays, like, you know, the media not getting as much uh, income and, and like you said, is is uh, uh, probably not a dime, but I, you know, it could be in that way. Um, they really honestly want to be the first to cover some kind of story, what the juror would be thinking and doing like that. And I understand what you're saying. The motivation may be irrelevant, but I think that might be the motivation instead of what you just mentioned. That, like you said, when uh, they are another. Mm -hmm. another, okay. another point is whether the judge has any gag order or any, any strict instructions on how the public should deal with the juror. If there was something like that, then the people who are actually following or doing these things could be helped, uh, held in contempt of court. But I don't know whether the judge has something, has issued something like that. 
we just don't have enough details. I mean, and, and if we wanted to have a special room on the crooked media, I would I would be happy to invite some journalists from, you know, reputable, strongly reputable um, uh, media companies to, you know, to have a discussion so that we can all learn more uh, about, you know, the rigors of doing good journalism. Yeah, there are some bad actors that are out there. There are people that, you know, kind of get a few words and then they run with the story. But I don't think that that's representative of the press and specifically of the American press. And and I, you know, as, as a U.S. person, I, I think that um, it's important that we still have credible journalists that are working to bring us, you know, as objective of a news um, base as possible. And there are people that are out there doing that. Yes, there are people on both sides, you know, not the both sides argument, but there are extremities, right? So the far left, the far right, and people have a bent, but that does not represent, you know, the vast majority of the journalists whom I've known for decades, who are committed to um, being objective and, and sticking to facts. So I would be more than happy to invite them to one of our upcoming shows. And and to your point, Lakeisha, um, uh, amazing, amazing journalism that happens, you know, stories that never would have been covered in Syria or Iraq or in the war zones. So there are a lot of journalists. One of my best living. friends, she was on maternity leave in Cairo. She, like, literally crawled into Libya to capture, you know, and, and was undercover with her interpreters to capture the, you know, beginnings of the Arab Spring. And that was not the only hotspot that she's been in. Um, so, so I just know people who are incredibly courageous and they literally have risked their lives simply to bring us what's happening on the other you know, part of in the other part of the world. And so I just I have such a strong, strong point of view that we, you know, if we want to talk about the media, then we need to have members of the press in the room and so that we can have an informed discussion. I can invite in my relatives and long lived uh, partners who won Emmys for being the first journalist to ever enter North Korea and risked her life to do that. I think that would be great. No, don't lecture me about the importance of journalism. I'm not lecturing. I just, I, you know, I just, I am sensitive to the fact that if we are going to paint a broad, you know, brush about journalists being, you know, that, you know, you know, evil, I mean, I'm, you didn't say that, but I, I just, I, I, I think that it's always important that if we're going to talk about people, whether it's an individual, whether it's people from a particular culture or country, that they're also in the room so that, you know, we can have a balanced discussion. That's all I'm saying, Tyler. It, it wasn't meant to be an attack on you. I just, you know, I think that in order to have informed discussions, we need to have multiple perspectives and people who have grounded experiences and points of view in those perspectives. The next one is that Tim Cook, t another leaked memo. Uh, there's a leaked memo that Tim Cook at Apple tells the employees that they can work remotely for up to four weeks per year and sets February 1st as the return to office goal. <laughs> because he can't, as the boss of Apple, he can't tell them when to return, but he can tell them we have a goal of returning February 1st. But you guys are in charge now because uh, you're all going to leak the memos and report to the press. And it's uh, what a, 
interesting choice of wording that we have a, a, a goal. Maybe he's referring to COVID that as, as the friction that enables them to return to the office. You know, 1st of February so. is actually Chinese New Year next year, lunar, lunar calendar. So The Verge says, Facebook says it's testing a feature that lets Facebook users adjust the level of news feed content they see from specific friends like family groups and pages. It's been tweaking the news feed algorithm for years. Facebook parent company Meta said it is testing new ways for users to customize the content they see in their news feeds. Right. So you can't blame them for um, radicalizing you to go shoot up your school or follow a bus full of jurors. Ah, maybe it's Facebook's fault that that idiot from MSNBC followed the bus. Maybe, maybe Facebook somehow radicalized them. Right? Maybe Facebook's the one that's causing the misinformation. Well, was there news that Facebook allowed uh, the chronological order of the feed or something? That they, they have put the, some capability to allow users to uh, select that as a choice versus, you know, the, the push type of uh, news articles? Facebook, I personally, I think they could do a better job of making the uh, chronological more obvious to people because people mistakenly think that they are unable to get chronological newsfeed. And Twitter makes it very, very simple. But even Twitter could make it simpler. And I think they should both uh, contemplate clever ways to make it more obvious to delegate the responsibility back to the user so the users understand that ultimately they are responsible for everything they put in their mouth and into their eyeballs. Um, because somehow people are starting to think that Facebook is responsible for what they consume on Facebook or in life, period. But, but Tyler, Facebook is responsible for what we consume because, as we've discussed before, I can make it chronological, but I don't get everything. I get what they dish out. Oh, are they responsible for what you see when you're on, uh, when you're watching MSNBC? But that's not the same example. I mean, when I go to Facebook, My I don't point decide. Is you're if you decide to eat jelly donuts all day, who's responsible? Is that the donut shop's responsibility? Well, okay. At a meta level, I'm responsible because I decided Correct. to use Facebook. And so you're going, to, to you're going to McDonald's but, but, and saying, but, but, hey, but McDonald's, me, you made but, me but fat. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Because it's not the same analogy. I, you know, I, at, at a meta level... It's my responsibility because I decided to use Facebook and I need to sign up to the way they do business. And at that level, I'm responsible. But it's not the case where I go to McDonald's and I say, I want that burger. It's the case where I go to McDonald's and I say, please feed me. And they give me something. They decide what I get. Now, I signed up to that. So from that standpoint, I'm responsible. But they do decide what I eat. And Facebook decides which one of my friends they're going to share with me. I don't get make that decision unless I take explicit action every time. 
Now I can make it chronological, I can make it not chronological, but I don't see everything. They must decide that a subset is presented to me. And they do make a decision on what that subset is. So that's really all I'm saying. So you would prefer to go to an app um, that decides alt everything that you consume. No, no, I'm not to... talking about my preference. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm, well, here's my I'm point is that Facebook is. is based on your friends and the, the pages that you like and the content that you like. We're on TikTok, for example. It's not based on your friends. It's not based on anything you're following. They just spoon, it's, they're literally spoon feeding you and you have no idea what's coming on the next spoon. But look, Facebook, I've got like what is fed I've to you 5, is based off friends. of what you've decided to order. No, it's not. Sorry, I have like okay, five thousand. I can give you another example. On, hang on, Cheryl. Let me. If you don't, finish. but if you don't like Facebook, don't go to Facebook, then. But I'm not even saying that. I'm just describing how it is. I'm not complaining about it. I'm saying that they decide what I consume. I'm okay with it. Now they get it wrong often. Now I have like five thousand friends on Facebook, and I get tremendous engagement there. But out of those 5,000, you just no said it way. all. If let me just make a blank blanket statement as somebody who follows 300 people in Clubhouse, three, 400 people in Twitter, 150 people in Facebook, I just pity the dumb fucks who gorge at the trough like a fucking fat hog in thinking they have 5,000 friends. You guys are all fucking idiots who do that. You're the problem. <laughs> Yeah, but you're putting words in my mouth. No. I have five. I'm just painting out that you're a fucking idiot. Stop doing well, that. Can... No, okay, no, I'm sorry. A... no, 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 no. Because I have I another doing... example. You don't have five thousand friends, Shahin. Okay, but don't don't read into it. <laughs> friends is like their vocabulary. I'm but that's what that's the like problem. You're 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 a it's, hoarder, it's a and you're been you're a you're a six hundred pound obese idiot. No, I'm gorging on shit that you should not be consuming. Stop pretending, no, stop friending people sure you're not friends with. <laughs> Look, I don't have a That's why you're getting good. that. Now I understand why I'm... you're getting content that you're confused about. I have a hundred friends on Facebook. I am never exposed to anything except my dearest intimate friends and what they share with me. And because I'm not a fucking not hoarder, binge 600 pound obese. Elephant of an of a of a mental diabetic dumbass who who's confused about why I'm seeing this content from five thousand people I don't even know. All right, very nice. I I do admire your eloquence in this case, Tyler. And I and Shaheen, I, and, I want and I to give you another it. example. If you go to a sushi bar in Japan, you ask for omakase lunch, meaning to say that the chef will decide what you eat based on what is uh, seasonal on that day. So when they serve you some shrimp which you're allergy, you're allergic to, you should deny eating it. So because the, the chef doesn't know that you're allergic to shrimp, but right? Hang on a but you are the one who takes responsibility for eating. Hang on a second. Excuse me. I have no complaints. I have no problem. <laughs> I am doing exactly what I want to do and I'm very pleased with the way it's working out. Don't confuse me with someone who has a problem. I am simply describing how the system works. And the way the system works, even with your 150 selected friends, you are not going to get everything that they post. Facebook does make a decision what subset of your friends' status updates you get to see. That is just a fact. I have no. I, I don't disagree with, with that. Okay, and that's all I'm saying. So don't say they make no decision. They do make some decision. 
That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they make a decision based on your decision. You well, decide who you they... follow. They decide based on that what they think you're most likely to like. And I appreciate that they do that. Because even well, though I, I only have 150 <laughs> friends on Facebook, I still appreciate right. that they go through the trouble to share with me which is most likely to be of most value to me. Well, I'm delighted that it works for you, Tyler. Yeah, because right? I'm not so, a dumbass. Because I go to the no, gym and I stay in no, shape and I'm no, mentally sorry, stable. <laughs> no. No, yeah, because I'm not. I'm. This is the problem: is people are stupid. They're obese. Yeah. Most people they're emotionally are out of control. They're binge hoarding, like like filling their house full of crap, filling their minds full of crap, filling their bodies full of crap. Yes. I don't do that. I, I look at okay, my well, look well, at my well, uh, clubhouse account. Click on my profile. I follow three hundred thirty-eight people. Go to my Twitter account. Okay, but, I follow. About the same. Go to my Facebook okay. account. I follow even less. Why? Because I don't because fill my brain you. with because shit. Because it's you. Because it's you. And more power to Diet. I also don't away. binge on McDonald's and donuts. And then expect... And then try and figure out, why did I get so fat? Well, I'm not complaining. All right? I'm having, I'm having fun. I'm doing it the way I want to do it. And it's working for me. And it's working for you. More power to you. No problem. Wait, can I? Can I? Can fact, we say no, no, hang on a second. Saying? No, hang on a second. Yeah, hang on a second. The fact that you have 150 friends, and I've got whatever I do. I don't know if it's five thousand, but it's but it's but it's a lot. Is that you don't experience certain things, so you're not qualified to talk about how Facebook operates at that scale. And even for your 150, I guarantee you, you're not going to see status updates from every one of them. Facebook makes a decision. No, I, I, we know that. It. That's a, that's obvious, right. and I appreciate that. And if your selection, and if your selection you works for, and but if, Shane, if I want, if I, you, if I did want to see all of them, it, I could choose to do that. I don't want to see every post you, from no, all of my hundred fifty friends. You could not. That's my point. You could not. Even if you wanted to, you could not. The only way you could see all the status updates of all those hundred fifty people is to manually check their wall. Facebook exactly. must make a subset of decision. And if that works for you, wonderful. It doesn't work. I don't for want that. Because they randomly. They I randomly want them to show me what they think them. is the most interesting post from my hundred. Yeah, tell Tyler. Tyler. It's wonderful. Wait, wait, wait. That you're no, no, wait, wait, wait. You guys are going in a rat hole. You're, you're saying the same thing. You're saying no, the same thing. It's not a rat hole, but, it's, but, but I agree that. No, no, you're going in a rat hole. It's, it's the, the yeah. difference is what you're pointing out is. Uh, yeah, the problem is you have 5,000 friends. Let's be very clear what the problem is. Facebook is cultivating from your choices, whether it's your friends, how long you're on something. The yeah, ads you click on, right? But you're both saying the same thing. Tyler's just saying that his um, the, he's the happy with it. Not. Is lesser. That's so you, right, so and, and it's because you follow people you don't here, know. Recognizing that's that not true. I know every place, one of them. All five thousand. Right? Absolutely, I know every one of them. Many of them are my work colleagues that I know. Now they're not buddies. I'm not like going to go have a you know drink with them, but in fact, I might if they ask because I grew so, up in the company. Let me like ask that. you, Shin, why does Facebook limit people to only following five thousand people? Because they can't scale. No, because scaling costs money. They can't scale. No. Why do you think they dish it out to you? It's not because they're trying to do you a favor. No, no, it's because they, they can't they think, scale. They think if you have that many friends, you should be a celebrity, so you should change to a. Them page or uh, 
accounts, Liberty accounts. I think that's a very nice spin, but it's not the reality. The reality is that they scaling at that level. I'm not even complaining. I think it's a valid requirement, valid problem. Scaling that's at that shing. level is shing. very hard. Shing. It, 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 that in in a period, they forced you to change to a fan page if you have more than five thousand followers. So that means they can handle it, but they don't want it. Because if you change to a fan page account, it's you can have unlimited followers. So okay, I'm actually looking. I've got I've got one point three k friends, so it's thirteen hundred friends. It's not five thousand. But but yeah, my friend. point my my point is that the five thousand limit and I do and I do know people who have five thousand and maybe they should be celebrities, but my point is that scaling is hard and expensive. The reason they did the the feed the editorial thing the whole news feed thing is fundamentally in my mind because it is expensive to feed everything to everybody all the time. They cannot do it. Technically, computationally, backend data center, it is too expensive, too difficult to do. They at at that time. Now they're saying, "I have AI, and I'm going to just give you what you really want and put it out." They can't do that with me. I routinely get excluded from friends that I really want to follow, and I have to manually go to their page, and then they show up in my feed for two weeks, and then they disappear again. I'm not even complaining. I'm saying that it's a valid problem that they have. But yeah, do they yeah. decide what you get? Yes, they do. Did you sign up to it? Yeah,、yes. of course. Those are I, the I, rules. I, I will find out for you, but I'm I will I'm willing to bet you that you're actually wrong on the point of if you if I do chronological with my hundred fifty friends, I will see every post that they do. Well, maybe they're not so active. <laughs> I don't know, but、uh, that, at some point, indeed, the scaling becomes an issue. And just remember, friend feed. It was a great move from Facebook to buy fr-、uh, friend feed and to.、Uh, To transform the Facebook into a feed, this was、uh, genius. And then remember what happened when you were on FriendFeed before, or in the early days of Facebook feeding us. Even if you had only three hundred friends, it was unbearable, because friends、um, of a certain kind do a lot of stuff over the day. And、uh, I admire all the people who are tuning these algorithms. Number one, then number two, it's for me totally trivial. It's all around the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm because it's a it's an imaginary construct to say they are feeding you what you really want. Talk with a、uh, guy who is、uh, doing this algorithm stuff. Tuning it on so many screws, yeah, that you are. And now here's the question: Number one, very happy. Number two, the revenue goes up. And of course, it is about、uh, the revenue goes up. And as Tyler al-、uh, always says, <laughs> Facebook is about profit, of course. So you're both totally right. Um, but there has to be a kind of、uh, trade-off, and we have to、uh, admit that、um, indeed, if you're under the control,、um, it's like um, being um, the guy、um, looking outside who is already obese and、uh, catching them to get into this fast food fest- restaurant, and that is、uh, what what is uh, the. Uh, The, the objection against it, and you are also right, Tyler, that the press,、um, or let's say the old media, 
is um, has vested interest in this to uh, attack it. But this does not mean that the fact is not quite uh, evident that it's all about uh, tweaking the algorithm into the direction which is so often not good for the user because the user is the product. And if, you are, if teenagers are killing themselves or are beating their teachers, uh, then it's in a way the fault of the, the system which hires guys to tweak the algorithm into profit without any restrictions. And this is a bad thing and politics has to care about it. This does not mean that Facebook is totally evil and TikTok is not more evil and so on. And I looked up the, the statistics. Indeed, since 2020, the switch was to TikTok, but there are still hundreds of millions on Instagram of kids and teenagers. Thank you. This was really Tyler, can I quickly add, um, you see on Facebook, if you, um, if you want, wanted to see all your friends post, it is potentially um, possible. So how it works, the, the, more, the more interactions you have with certain people, um, the higher they rank. So all your friends posts will be on your timeline. You just have to scroll down. Like if you continue scrolling, you would see everyone's like posts. Like you'll see the top posts of like all the people that um, you follow, so well, the, the people that you have the most interaction with. Um, so yeah, that's my, my little two pence. And and for the record, I have ten thousand people asking for friend requests on Facebook. I don't accept them. So yeah, I de I decline I decline them. <laughs> I only only accept people that I have um I have connections with like if we have mutual interests and if we've dj together or if we've if we know like if we've had close interaction those are the only people that um i accept but like if you look at my friend counts on facebook it's very minimum i don't collect people the only people that i follow are people that i have close 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 interactions with okay i mean just for the record i declined probably you know four out of five requests but let's like not get judgmental. People want to operate the way they want to operate. It works for some people. It doesn't work for some people. Facebook can be perhaps more articulate in what the rules are and how, what it can or cannot do. But I do believe newsfeed is something that they did because they couldn't scale. Now, maybe their original motivation wasn't that, but I highly doubt that they can scale it at this point. I mean, just mathematically, computer science-y, backend, data center is just a really, really difficult problem so i don't fault them for it i'm just saying the, that that's how it works the, the, the only the only reason why people um collect large numbers i think because they want the engagement they they, they assume that um the more people the more numbers you have the more interaction you'll get i, I, I don't but, know that but, and i but, don't know but, if you know that then, i don't know but that, then it's DJ. not but then it's, it's not it won't you, you won't get like it's not organic interaction you might have people just like casually just clicking a button, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. I'm sure there are people who do it like that and I'm sure there are people who do it for other reasons. Like I follow people because I'm genuinely interested in what they might post because I've looked at a half a dozen other things that they've posted and they look like they are interesting. And I also follow people who are actually friends, even though I may not agree with them. And I follow people that I actually disagree with because I wanna see what they say so that I, have that I can have that sort of perspective. That's nice. So, okay, so, it's for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but anyway. 
So the so next article you. is And from... Tyler, we love you. It's all thank you. fine. And my apologies because nearly everyone on the stage no, has never. sent me a friend request and I'm not accepting them. Because that's not I'm not interested in that. <laughs> you don't so, want to hold numbers. <laughs> yeah. So my apologies to nearly everyone that's listening to this room right now who've sent me friend requests, literally, and I can go through the names if you wish, but uh my apologies for not accepting your friend request. Especially on Clubhouse. If you if you random follow like loads and loads and loads of people, you're always going to get messed up. <laughs> yeah. So the Winklevoss twins, who, speaking of Facebook, claimed that they created Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg stole it from them, as that was sort of the whole plot of the social network movie, uh, one of the main plot points. Uh, so now the Winklevoss twins' cryptocurrency exchange called Gemini raises $400 million, led by Morgan Creek Digital at a $7 billion valuation. So don't need to shed any tears for the Winklevoss twins. They, they ended up doing just fine. So Digital Currency Group. I got a comment. Go ahead. Uh, it's an interesting fact that if Bitcoin gets to uh, approximately 100K in price, the Winkelboss twins will have a higher net worth than Mark Zuckerberg because they go. took their, yeah, because they had taken majority of their investment from the Facebook settlement and stuck it into, uh, into Bitcoin early. Yep. Um, I had another, po I had another point, but I think I lost. Oh yeah. My other point was um, not financial advice, but it's pretty clear to me that these exchanges are be going to become highly, highly valuable in the future. So Digital Currency Group raises $600 million in a new credit facility uh, led by Eldridge. Local U.S. government, including in Texas and Arizona, are offering chip makers deals to build plants, chip making plants, seeking to capitalize on the semiconductor shortage. And here's, an, here's a hot one. The information says they have sources that Facebook is offering musicians and celebrities payments to host basically clubhouse rooms in Facebook, which they call live audio rooms. The source says they're offering up to $50,000 per room. Facebook is paying, offering to pay musicians and other celebrities tens of thousands of dollars to host sessions on its new live audio feature. Do they name any names? I'm going to no. say, what letter in the alphabet are these celebrities? Thousand to host a room would be probably B level because my friend Sean Rad, who I do follow on Facebook, and we talk very regularly on Facebook Messenger, he was the co-founder of Tinder. Before he did Tinder, he did a social media advertising agent, influencer agency. And he had Kim Kardashian uh, as, a, as a customer client. And he was, you know, the, this agency middleman between people who wanted to advertise and who wanted Kim Kardashian to tweet about her company, tweet about their company. And I recall Kim Kardashian, this was 2008 and I recall Kim Kardashian getting $250,000 for a tweet in 2008. So I imagine doing an audio room for, I don't know, 30 minutes uh, would be 
incredibly high for A-list celebrities. So I'm imagining $50,000 for an audio room is not going to get you the A-list celebrities. So it's probably B or C level celebrities. The next one. Oh, the, everyone's covering this, by the way. The yeah, I guess we'll find out who if we see any celebrities doing Facebook live rooms. The next one is um, Facebook says it's looking at how users from marginalized communities experience its products and releases of paper on changes to how it uses U.S. demographic data. The parent company, Facebook and Instagram, is looking into whether its platform treats users differently based on race. This is from NPR. There's a lot of mem Here's a quote. Uh, oh, it says, the parent company Facebook is looking into whether its platforms treat users differently based on race after years of criticism, particularly from black users and its own employees about racial bias. Here's the quote. There are a lot of members of systemically and historically marginalized communities who feel that their experience on our platforms is different, says uh, Roy Austin Jr., vice president of civil rights at Facebook. This That includes black users who say their posts about racism have been taken down for violating the company's hate speech rules. Facebook also apologized in September after a flaw in its AI software led to a video of a black man being labeled as primates. We read that article. Uh, when was that? Two, three months ago. If, if that's the issue, uh, I think we need more examples other than the one that we were already familiar with from several months ago. That was an AI that mislabeled a black man as a primate. Uh, Facebook is starting by Tr uh, by tracking the race of its platform's users, which Austin describes as a huge step to moving from an anecdotal to data-driven. Until we do this kind of data collection, we can't actually answer the question one way or the other. Ah, that's interesting. So they want to be able to show the data that they are or are not racist, that their algorithm is racist. Okay. The interesting thing about that is there's uh, a, a Twitter account which keeps track of headlines of what is now racist and everything from whipped cream to pogo sticks and soccer and you name it has been declared racist in headlines. And it's a really fascinating Twitter account where it just takes screenshots of headlines. You know, is our pogo sticks racist? Is whipped cream racist? Is soccer racist? Da, 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 da. You can't think of something that hasn't been put in a headline as racist. Interestingly, uh, <laughs> Facebook is not in. I've been following that Twitter account for a long time. I don't think I've ever seen Facebook in that list. So um, maybe Facebook isn't quite that racist if it's one the last thing left on the planet that hasn't been accused of racism. But they're going to do a little search inside anyways and, and find out. In a letter to Senator Wyden, a data broker named Mobile Walla 
says it was the source of some data used by the DHS and the IRS and the U.S. military for warrantless tracking of devices. So Mobile Wallace CEO writes to U.S. Senator investigating location brokers selling mobile device data for use by law enforcement agencies is not our business model. Interesting that he's revealing that uh, he's the source of the data that ends up in the hands of the Department of Homeland Security, the IRS, and the U.S. military for warrantless tracking of devices. Yeah, they can find you without uh, much difficulty at all. Too Interesting. On their, um, on their opt-out, you need to provide an email address and your um, mobile advertising ID um, whether that's uh, from Apple or, or Google. But if you have opted out of that, I'm not sure how you figure out what your previous mobile advertising ID is. So therefore you can't really opt out from their service. Sell mobile device data for use by law enforcement agencies is not our business model, right? Um, what do you do if Data broker Mobile Wallet ad admission offers insight into an opaque industry that col that collects consumer advertising data from apps and ad networks and provides it through intermediaries to government entities. Right. So you're hoarding all this data that the users don't even know you're hoarding, and you're complaining that government agencies are getting their hands on it through third parties because you just want to resell it to other advertisers. Um, you don't really want it, you didn't want it to end up in the hands of the Department of Homeland Security or the IRS. Well, shut your business down, I guess. I, I don't know how you plan to stop it. It's like a gun company saying, we never planned for these guns to get into the hands of bad people. We really, that's not our business model. Yeah, well, somebody bought it, you sold it to them, and they resold it. I don't know. I see it slightly differently. I see okay. it okay. as, um, you know, it goes back to, um, I, I sort of jumped in late, but you were talking about Facebook, or sorry, Amazon data earlier. <clears throat> and it's just another data point of all of this data being collected from our devices, from our actions online, whether you have 5,000 Facebook friends, um, there's just a massive Stasi file being created for each and every one of us. If you asked Amazon to download your data or Facebook to download your data, you know, it's going to, if you have 5,000 friends, it's literally, I'm going to guess, going to be 10,000 pages of data. Um, so this is just another point about location data that can go back and um, they can basically from your advertising ID, they can figure out your name and where you live. Long story short. Seems like they might have gotten themselves in a bit of trouble because their quote to um, Congress says, we do not track, trace, or surveil individuals, nor do we sell data to law enforcement for, for surveillance purposes. Uh, we certainly did not intend to mislead you or any other members of Congress. Well, yeah, you, you're not doing the tracking or tracing. You're just hoarding the data after the fact. And you're not selling it to law enforcement 
immigration enforcement for surveillance purposes. You're selling it to them for advertising purposes. And now you're shocked that people are <laughs> that they're using it to arrest people. Um, sounds like they're trying to cover their own ass to some degree. So Twitter quietly updates its developer guidelines to say that AMP support will be phased out by Q4. Some publishers have reported months of lower Twitter referrals. Starbucks and Amazon partnered to launch a Starbucks pickup and Amazon Go in Manhattan using Amazon's Just Walk Out technology. And OpenAI makes its API for GPT-3 generally available in supported countries, eliminating the waiting list for access, which was getting out of hand, no doubt. Spotify expands real-time lyrics to all users globally in partnership with Music Match. And those are your big headlines. And we've got four minutes before my next phone call to go through some of the tweets, like this one from Reuters, that the market in China, Wuhan, likely the origin of COVID-19 outbreak, according to a study. And Facebook hands out cash to creators to boost Clubhouse Rival. We covered that one. Hey, I have a comment, China, uh, Tyler. Yeah. Um, about, it's about China. It's a different comment. Um, has anyone heard about uh, these reported 10 explosions in China over the last week? Like, I don't, I'm not clear if they're bomb blasts or gas blasts, but it seems from one source a little bit odd if this is true. Yeah, it's not really reported in the news. So I, I don't know if it's true or not. It's reported uh, in China, uh, Chinese news, but uh, as you know, if you, the explosion is, uh, is at a such big scale, normally you won't get a cover story and normal news media. So yes, I saw that news, but it can't never confirm if it's true or how big it is yes so i saw the music so glenn gilmore found this one that researchers paired biology with ai to create the world's first living robots meet the xenobots the world's first ever living robot these researchers paired biology with ai to create the world's first living robots i just tweeted it to the tech news twitter account and they they're these weird little biological dancing, they call them robots, xenobots. But you can see them in the little video I just tweeted to the Tech News Twitter account. Our friend Cal Patel sends in this one that a Chinese tennis star named Peng Shuai uh, was the biggest thing in all of China in, in the last month where she accused like the second biggest person in this communist party, the CCP, of um, this rather sordid affair that they've had. And, um, and now she hasn't been seen since she made the sexual assault allegations against the top Communist Party official two weeks ago. She tweeted, she sent it all out on their version of Twitter and then it got removed and she's been disappeared. And it's now it, it started out as just a crazy revelation because that kind of revelation never happens. Um, and now the person's gone and now it's, it's escalated. So 
Biden is considering, quote unquote, considering U.S. diplomatic boycott of Beijing Olympics. That's the current status on that. And Craig, you had one about a cell phone data collected for ad. Oh, that was the one that we were just talking about. Mobile Wallow. And water scarcity cost Iraq 2 million tons of wheat this year. And water scarcity reaches crisis point in northern Syria. Lack of water in northern Syria is exacerbating existing vulnerabilities caused by economic instability and conflict. And Iran and Syria, and it will spread across the entire breadth of the Sahara Desert all the way to China. That entire area is going to become uninhabitable in the next 50 years. Start preparing now. I get tired of reminding everybody you're all going to die, and it's your own fault. The next one is that Honda Autonomous Work Vehicle recently completed a field test. The AWV combines Honda's off road side by side platform with advanced autonomous tech. So now Honda gets big into the autonomous game. And crypto investors lost the auction at Sotheby's. We covered that. Apple's pushing to accelerate development of the electric car. We covered that. Thank you, Poppy. And India added the second most number of unicorns after the U.S. this quarter. Startups raised $6.1 billion this quarter. Unbelievable. That's just unbelievable. That's huge for a year. That's like what the U.K. was doing in a year recently. And so for India to be doing that in a quarter is just unbelievable. And uh, Goldman Sachs says they expect record highs to keep rolling on the stock market. Don't count on a crash. Goldman Sachs expects record highs with the S&P rising 9% next year. And Kobe robot autonomously performs intramuscular injection without needles. The robot has performed the first autonomous robot intramuscular injection. Got, we're replacing the nurses who put needles in your arms. And the world ahead of 2022, according to The Economist, the world is waking up to the scourge of illegal fishing. Illegal, unreported, and unregulated fishing boats are the new pirates with their operations likely to be involved in other crimes. And the next one, Dyson delivers virtual reality in a new twist to home shopping. That will enable customers to test its hair dryers, straighteners, and stylers from the comfort of their own home somehow. And Google executives tell employees that it can compete for Pentagon contracts without violating its principles. So please don't boycott. Don't do a letter collection. Uh, we're, we are a for-profit company. If you want to save the dolphins, maybe go find another place to work. As civilians are launched into orbit and billionaires try to put humans on Mars, Indonesian officials hope to turn an island in Indonesia into the new frontier in the space race called Biak Island. This is from the New York Times. An indigenous clan fears it will lose its place in the world as the government pursues a quest to open a spaceport and lure uh, Elon Musk to this Indonesian island. Speaking of Elon Musk, J.P. Morgan says Tesla owes J.P. Morgan $162 million because of an Elon Musk tweet. Made the stock go down. So now they're going to sue him because he made the stock go down because of a tweet. And uh, the New York Times covering Peter uh, Rowilson 
who designed the Tesla S. His new Lucid Air sedan is a direct challenge to Tesla's dominance. He helped build Tesla. Now he's competing against it. And we will have to save the other articles because I'm three minutes late for my scheduled call. So we will meet you all again in six hours. Thanks, we have Tyler. tech news Over. around. Uh, we have uh, tech inclusion news around the world now. Okay, if foreign can open the room. Bye, everyone. Bye everyone. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Thanks. Sorry. I still want my five thousand.